Welcome to Faith in Flagler. My name is Brian McMillan, publisher of The Observer, and I have in the studio with me today Mike Wade, lead pastor of Life Coast Church. Welcome, Mike. Hey, good morning. Thanks, Brian, for having me. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you founded Life Coast Church 18 years ago. So what's what's changed in the church since then? It's gotten, gotten bigger? <laughs> uh, yeah, we've uh, well, we've gone through things like everybody else with COVID and all that. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're um, 17 plus years in, a lot of young families growing in that ventures. People are moving in, families are moving in town, and yeah, more sure now than ever what our mission and vision which is. is what 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 makes life coast what makes you tick uh we truly want to gather um as god's genuine family to grow in our likeness of christ and then go on mission here in flagler county bring his love to uh the, the county of flagler and just really show and be the presence of jesus christ here very cool so um i want to th- uh th- first of all thank you everyone for listening um it's been great to get a few um, emails and some people responding to to the content, um, which is great. Mm. Um, the reason the show that I wanted to start the show is because I believe that building faith strengthens the community, and I, I find it really encouraging with all the different pastors that I've talked to. I've, I've done this on, on just social media for a few months before, so you know you're around the twentieth one that I've actually um, talked to, and the the role in the community the interest in trying to bless the community is really encouraging and mm. i think fits right in with with what we're all about um so i wanted to talk a little bit first we i, I said i wanted to talk about charity so I'll, we'll get there in just a minute but um in i had had a little experience uh yesterday actually that made me think about this show and i wanted to talk a little bit about that because it kind of does fit in perfectly with charity in general so I was at a school, I was on a sidewalk at a school, um, and I saw, I was kind of feeling like, I don't know, a little bit, uh, feeling a little uh, burned out maybe, a little heavy laden, you know, mm. and I noticed a a sparrow, you know, tiny little bird that was just hopping, you know, off the sidewalk and into the grass, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to take a minute, take a little breather, and just watch this bird for a minute. Mm. And as I'm doing that, I was just thinking how fragile that bird looked. I mean, it's tiny. It's like the size of a golf ball practically, right? <laughs> and then I thought about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it's hard to turn this off, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, third, I thought of the, the Sermon on the Mount um, where Jesus says this, it's in Matthew six twenty six, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And this is the King James Version. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this little bird, and it's pecking away, and it's, it's eating food. And I was like, there you go. The bird is being provided for, and maybe I'm being provided for in some way. Mm-hmm. But then I thought this bird, you'd think that if, you know, the heavenly father feedeth them, feeds the birds, you think like maybe they're going to get this food on a plate. Here you go. Here you go, bird. You're hungry. So why do you think our heavenly father, he's going to feed us, he's going to take care of us in some way, but he doesn't just give it to us on a plate, right? Like that, that, that sparrow um, probably has to 
go find some food. So is is the father pr- providing it or is the sparrow going to find it? You know, can you help me to explain this? <laughs> yeah. So um, just to go back to to your pausing in life and observing yeah. something is so key that many don't do. And uh, the Bible is pretty clear that all creation not just reflects the glory of God, but it also draws us to him, his character, his nature, his providence, and ultimately uh, his providence and salvation. So um, if we don't pause and and look and observe, many times we will not see God all day long. Mm -hmm. But if we do pause and we look at a sparrow, we look at... um, you know, things around us in nature, it draws us into the biblical truths he wants us uh, to engage with and then ultimately engage with him. So what a great thing, Brian, that you were able to pause because yeah. I'm sure your day is busy, <laughs> just like my day is busy. It is, yeah. But isn't God always putting these um, helpful reminders in our path all day long in little ways um, so that we can just stop and, and say, okay, what do you have in me for this? Mm-hmm. And how is that drawing me closer to you? And uh, so with the sparrow, I guess it depends, uh, to use your illustration, on the pecking order of creation, <laughs> so to speak, because there are those in sparrows, they, they got to do some work, but not that much, whereas we have uh, higher pecking or more responsibility, and um, therefore maybe more work needs to be involved. But I think ultimately it is drawing us back to faith. Um and yeah. whatever, wherever you're at in whatever season. So if you're down, lowly, broken, and you're wondering, did God abandon me? You know, I can't seem to move forward. And he's, there's reminders there. No, I've got you, and you need to place your faith in me. You know, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy burdened. I will give you rest. I've got these things for you. But even if you're well along in life and you've maybe accumulated more, and it's also a reminder that he, he promises to take care of your needs, not all your wants. Mm-hmm. And especially in American culture, we can get those confused very easily, depending on we, our neighbors. We have a lot of wants. <laughs> yeah, we got, <laughs> and they build up like, and then we get ourselves in trouble. Now we can't even meet our needs. So there's yeah. a good reminder that we're not placing trust and faith in him for our very needs. We're doing life, so to speak, accumulating and uh, possessing instead of having faith for those things. And and ultimately, it's like, so if you know your needs are taken care of, maybe we can then turn around and be generous like God and provide for others' needs, not just consume all, all things. Yeah, you know, that's the other thought that came to me. I was at that school because I was volunt- I had volunteered to be a reading pal, which is a really cool program. You mm. get paired up with one kid. You know, we try to do these things. You, you got this big congregation you know, you're dealing with, um, you know, the community and I'm kind of doing the same thing like with the newspaper. And I, the, one of the reasons I signed up to do this is because you know that that one-on-one is really where all the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, but it is kind of stressful. I'm always like <laughs> rushing to get there and I'm like, I, I now have to go somewhere else. Yeah. But I thought, you know, if that kid who I'm trying to help with reading is a sparrow and the way that God, the way that Heavenly Father prepare, you know, feeds him is sometimes through the actions of other people. Yeah. And I just, I felt very humbled, you know, to, to say like, I mean, th- this, this kid needs, needs some help. And um, at the same time that I need help by that sparrow, you know, and somehow in God's economy, um, all of our actions sometimes can just interweave so in such an incredible way that every action we take is sometimes solving 10 people's problems. I mean, it, it could at least, you know, if we're yeah. looking at it in with, with an eye of faith. 
I love that you brought up that illustration, working one-on-one, because God will certainly provide everything we need, but he loves to work tangibly, visually through his children for others. Because people, if they're going to get a concept of God, a lot of times it's mystical. It's hard to make that jump. But if I get a visual representation, a tangible representation of the love of God through O'Brien, now I can take that step. It's still faith, but it's like I'm seeing a representation right in front of me. I can actually move forward in my faith. Yeah, I agree. Um, I want to pause again for a second and just say thank you to um, some generous companies in our community that support this show, Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates, uh, thank you very much for supporting the show. Um, you know, you've you're a business owner, so you I'm sure there have been times when you've had to kind of take a leap of faith. You know, do I am, am I going to be able to pay these bills? You know, is this business going to survive? Mm-hmm. Um, how has faith impacted you in your business in your business life? Oh wow! I mean, it's on a daily basis. Um, Holly and I own multiple businesses and in the so community. So Swillerbees. Swillerbees, donuts. Do you, have, do you have faith that people will continue to want donuts tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> well, we live in a sweet culture, so that's less faith than just being in our current economy and things like that. So, yeah, whether it's Swillerbees, uh, we own the Waffle Cone Ice Cream Store. We have multiple of those. Um, we 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 believe that owning businesses is a tangible or, or a visual expression of what we teach and preach in the church. We are to go on mission. We just happen to use that platform of business to take the love of Christ out in the community. And I know that sounds like, oh, should the two be mixing? It says, oh, we believe God is good. He's got good things for this community. And so if we run our business with uh, the love of Christ and make people feel loved, valued, and known like Jesus does for us, they're going to sense a presence of God around them. So, but to do that, yeah, there's leaps of faith we're taking all, I mean, just opened up our second Swillerbees in Palm Coast. That's a huge leap of faith. Yeah. And as anyone going to show up, are we going to throw away a lot of donuts at the end <laughs> of the day? And thank God the community loves not just donuts, they love Swillerbees. <laughs> and, um, and so we've been very consistent. But yeah, those are leaps of faith. We take leaps of faith when we uh, hire people that we want to yeah. invest in for the goodness of God. And so you just don't know where all that's going to go, building relationships, things like that. Um, so yeah, it's not just financial investment, it's time investment. We're like, God, is this, are you in this? Is this for us? And, um, are we trusting? Is it possible that God, that you could feel that way and say, I, I believe that this is the right move. And then that's not a guarantee though, that, that it's going <laughs> to succeed, that you're going to make money on that. And, mm-hmm. and that you might hire somebody feeling like, you know, I, I really feel like this is going to be a great fit and that this company experience is going to bless that life of that employee. And then that might be that that employee doesn't work out. I mean, have you ever had to fire people in your, in your business life? No, Brian, we never fire anyone. (laughs) No, we, we we reposition them to a, to a better, to a better fit somewhere else in the community. That's a better way to put it. Is that pastoral enough? No, it is very good. But, but, but how do we, I mean, just because we're inspired to do something doesn't mean that it's going to work out. Yeah, and you bring it up, it's it's still real tenderness. But we took on a business just five months ago, and we were sure this is it. God's move. Yeah. It's a whole out of the restaurant field, and um, within a month, we're like, we made a mistake. Wow! And it, even it, though it, you felt good about it, felt at the good time. about it uh, because we're yes people. All right, until God shuts <laughs> the door, we move through it. Yep. 
as long as we know the worst case scenario is not going to be devastating. So yeah. we, we will tend to move forward, but not afraid to say that's, that wasn't really, that was us, our capacity, our capability. And God is showing us for whatever reason, it's time to give it back or to re, resell, uh, take a loss, whatever. And Holly and I tend to believe that's just like, um, like college, you know, that might've been a little bit of loss of money, but it was like going to college. We learned a lot, <laughs> learned to trust more in God, hear better. Um, and we're, just we learned that we just got to make that change quicker. Don't prolong. Yeah. So, yeah, even hiring some, if we believe, okay, and then uh, how soon is it before, like, you know what, they're not a fit. And so what's our best move here to move them into to, to their better fit and to do it with as much grace and love as possible? Yeah, very good. So I told you I wanted to talk about First Corinthians 13, <laughs> the uh, this famous chapter about charity. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I always use the King James version. So I'm curious, like how different phrases are translated different ways. But, um, in King, in, in Corinthians 13, four, it says charity suffereth long. Now, what, what does that mean to you? That, that doesn't sound like a great thing. <laughs> Do I really want to suffer for a long time? Like that's what I'm being asked. Um, yeah. I, I thought we were about like getting some relief from the suffering. Yeah, well, first of all, yeah, you texted this passage, and this is so dear to my heart. It's really how I came to know Jesus yeah. at 18 years old. And so, and being a pastor, doing a lot of weddings, this is usually the go-to yeah, passage. Go. <laughs> this is perfect for weddings, and now, as you know, in context, <laughs> yes, this is useful in weddings, but it has so much more depth of meaning. Yeah. And uh, so when you really grasped the context of what love is, Love is really just the embodiment of Jesus Christ and how we are to uh, being filled with Christ embody that to so others. what do you mean by that, the embodiment of Jesus Christ? So, yeah, I mean, Jesus was the perfect representation of the Father. Uh, God is love. But like we said before, it's it seems intangible. But when Jesus, um, when Jesus decided to act on God so loved the world, he came to us and became one of us, John chapter 1. And so that is an action so mm-hmm. that we could tangibly see the love of God for us right in front of us. And how does that look and how does that play out in life? And he did that so we can have this chapter. So in a sense, just like Jesus came to embody love, we are supposed to do the same thing. We're supposed to follow him by embodying love in our own imperfect way. Yeah, if we see love as a concept or an emotion, that doesn't do us any good because emotions yeah. change. I fell out of love with you. But if we understand <laughs> if God is love and yet if we receive that love through Jesus, he, he's in us, then how does that tangibly look to those around us, starting with our marriages and our families, of course, but in the community? How do we as believers in the Lord Jesus and you know, become a tangible representation of love. And that's why it starts off, I believe, is charity suffers long, but love is patient. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's the thing. If you have kids, you start to understand some of these things because God the Father and we're children of God. It's yep. like, oh, that's what that means because sometimes as we're being patient with our kids, we feel like we're in suffering. <laughs> it's like, come <laughs> on, please, move it along. But true love says I'm bearing with the process i'm going to bear with and be patient because i know there's there's fruit on the other end there's a there's a journey taking place here we have to have a lot of trust to know that there's going to be a a prize at the end of the race in a sense yeah Yeah, Um, and for us it's less about the prize of that person and more about the prize of i'm watching god work with i'm mm -hmm. so the love really is if god is love i'm partnering with god for others 
Yeah. And that's why the rest of the context or the the passage makes sense. Love is patient, kind. It's it's others focused, not self focused or self centered. So if I'm others focused, you know, Jesus just started off well in Matthew: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You get everything from Him, just like the sparrow. Therefore, I don't need anything from Brian. Now I can partner with God for you. We're not relying on somebody else to make yeah. us feel fulfilled or complete. Yeah, if I can ask God, if I'm with the Father, say, hey, what are you doing in Brian? How can I partner with you in that? Now I don't have to be envious, jealous, rude, boastful, because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get something from you, and I don't feel your, your competition. I'm watching what God's doing in you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join up with that. Yeah. Um, if you're just joining us, uh, my name is Brian McMillan, the host, and I have Mike Wade, the lead pastor of Life Coast Church, which meets meets at Matanzas High School. Mm-hmm. And what are the times if somebody wants to come and check? We're you in out? the auditorium uh, at Sunday at ten thirty. Sunday, at and then we have great coffee connection afterwards. So we hang out in the courtyard and, and do family together. Very cool. Um, so in this passage again in First Corinthians, um, it says, "Charity envieth not." So this this seems to be kind of a a big problem in our society to envy others. I mean, it always has been. It's just human nature. But we talked about like our wants and maybe sometimes our wants are driven by, well, I I see that other person has this really nice, you know, X, Y, Z. And I want that, you know, basically thou shalt not covet. Mm -hmm. But, but what does love have to do with that? Why is this in the context of charity in, in Paul's writing? I think true love as it's expressed by the Lord is, Loving for the best for somebody, not just loving for them to have things or for you to have some of their things <laughs> in that way. So to truly love, as Jesus says, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else is going to rust, rot, all yeah. those things. But I'm seeking the things or the kingdom of God and even praise, Lord, let your will be done here as on earth as it is in heaven. I want the the characteristics of heaven. Uh, played out in those around me. So if I'm going to love Brian, I'm going to say, what what is it that God's doing and what's the best for him as it relates to the Lord and the kingdom? So I'm not necessarily going to hope that you get to buy a Maserati next year, you know, uh, not that would be bad to ride, but <laughs> I'm hoping for those things that relate to the kingdom in you next year. And so I want to just make sure I, you know, hey, I bought this thing. Hey, that'd be cool. Can I try it out? But I don't envy that because that yeah. doesn't move us towards kingdom principles. It doesn't make me worse. I'm not worse off because you just improved your situation. Right. But we, again, as human beings, we sometimes feel worse. You know, we, we yeah. I, you feel like, oh, that guy's succeeding now. Now look at me. I just come home and look at my car or, <laughs> right. or whatever it might be. You know, some people yeah. don't care about their car that much. Well, but, you don't feel like I'm providing to my family because Brian just got a pool and my kids don't have a okay. pool. And that's not that, 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 that's coming from a good place, mm-hmm. right? I mean, maybe I want to provide for my family. Right. And, you know, I, I, I'm looking around and I'm like, man, I'm not doing a good job. But if I were plopped down in the middle of some other city, some other neighborhood, some other country, maybe, um, or even some other time in world history, mm-hmm. you would be the richest king. Right. So how do we kind of de- how, how do we get in the right spot, you know, <laughs> to, so that we're not always feeling bad about our own situation? Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just how we 
how we do our measurements or metrics of succeeding or providing and things like that. And so I have traveled with my wife's company, Trades of Hope, to India, brothels That's of right, India. That's right, Trades of Hope. Yeah, keenly connected with third world countries. And, and yeah. uh, so when you see that they have things that uh, we, we have things they don't have, but they have things we don't have. What, what do they have that we don't have? They have more joy. Because their joy isn't placed on a more, possession. Yeah, more joy, even though yeah. they don't have the Maserati, they don't even have right. the Chevy Cobalt, right. which is in my driveway, by the way. <laughs> they, they don't even have a car. Right. Yeah, many of them will never get cars. Yeah. Uh, many of them will never have toys. I've walked in, in Haiti and watched kids turn Pepsi bottles into cars that they're vroom around just having a blast with. But when you walk into their family situations, they, they value the relationships. They value the principles of God working in that. So they have joy in the Lord, not praying for a material thing, praying for health, praying for one another in, in, um, you know, and taking on biblical principles for life that will sustain for the rest of their life, not a car or something that's just going to rot anyway. So they kind of get that whole kingdom, seek first the kingdom because they have to. Mm -hmm. But if we don't peer into that, we won't learn from that. You realize that all these things that I'm looking for are really purely just distractions when it comes down to it. Yeah. And eventually most of it will end up in your garage and go to a garage sale. You'll forget (laughs) about it. And that's living that self-focused, self-centered. But even if you have a good heart, I want to provide for my family. You you have to start at the right place. Otherwise, yeah. you'll never get back there. You won't finish at the right place. You can't want to provide because that makes you look like a a real man. Right. You got to provide. Why? What's the What's the true motivation to provide? You know. Yeah. Well, for me, providing well for your marital relationship in your family is providing an environment that brings relationship and nurturing and a faith of God. It still just goes back to that. It has to, because yeah. they're going to live the rest of their life yeah. and you want them to have faith just like the sparrow. And therefore everything can come into alignment with his will. Otherwise they'll run around dizzy the rest of their life. Like many of us <laughs> trying to find purpose so, instead of going to the one that gives them purpose. So we're going back to the sparrow idea and I'm thinking the fowls of the air are fed by your heavenly father, are you not much greater than they? So, you know, if I'm in this provide, provide, provide situation and I've got this stress and I'm like, I feel bad because someone else has more than I do. And, you know, my kids are probably feeling bad because they get, you know, they're not the richest kid at school. The only way for me to have peace about that is to think I'm, I'm better than the sparrow or I'm God's paying attention to me just like the sparrow and he's providing for the sparrow. Mm -hmm. So it still just seems like it goes back to just have to have faith that we put him first, then things are going to work out the way that they should. Yeah. And the more then I think really is he loves us more and has more purpose for us again on the pecking order. He created us specially for his purpose. Mm -hmm. And so when you get back to those things, you're trying to build that into your your family, that we have purpose. So trust him in these things. He loves you way more than that bird. And therefore he, he has seek him out because he's got great, fulfilling, joyful purpose here. So, you know, being a believer isn't just like, Hey, you say this prayer, you're going to go to heaven one day. It's like, we've got so much purpose with the goodness of God here. Are we directing people to that? I think that's first Corinthians 13. Are we loving people into the presence of Christ to find their joy, their salvation, their purpose in him? To love people into the presence of Christ. That's right. Kind of 
help them to experience some of that mm-hmm. by your own goodness and faith. Um, well, the other thought that, that comes to mind here, we got about one minute left. Okay. So I, I just want to say thank you again for being my, oh, being my guest. This has been a lot of fun. And um, if you want to go check out Life Coast Church, 1030 a.m. on Sundays at Matanzas High School. Um, the other thought that I see on this passage is, is not easily provoked. I think that's one of the hardest things. Like if you're going to have the real love of, of God in you, um, trying to not be easily provoked by other people's problems or their, other people's slights, you know, to you mm-hmm. is, is one of the most difficult thing, but charity never, never fails. <laughs> so that's always going to be the answer. Um, I want to say thank you again to, um, Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates for supporting faith in Flagler because building faith strengthens our community. Um, Again, thank you so much for what you do, and um, I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone will take a chance, you know, reread 1 Corinthians 13, think about what what, what they can do to help others experience the love of Christ also. Mm -hmm. So thanks, Brian. Thank you again. We'll see you next Sunday at 9 a.m. on WNZF.